Hello and welcome to Kappa Connection, a Sarah's and my podcast from the creators of Imagine Me and Utena. I am Panda. I am your host, and I'm here with a very special co-host, Annie. How are you today? I'm doing well, Panda. How are you? Listeners will recognize Annie as half of the Rayo Mabu support <laughs> squad, uh, which also includes Teresa, but Teresa is not here today. And instead, here we have my friend Kat. How are you, Kat? I'm doing good, except for the fact that Oregon is currently on fire, but we don't have an evacuation statement yet, so I'm doing okay. <laughs> Hopefully, Kat will not have to evacuate in the middle of this podcast. Fingers <laughs> crossed. <laughs> But uh, we are here today. This is the triumphant return of Kappa Connection because I have friends that like Sarah Zanmai and I have a podcast about Sarah Zanmai. So why don't I bring my friends on to talk about it? And specifically, we are probably going to spend a lot of time talking about Kat's favorite characters, the Coogee Bros. Yes. So, Kat, why don't you tell the listeners how you got involved with, like, watching Sarah's Am I and being in Sarah's Am I fandom? Okay, so my obsession with Sada's On My started with my obsession with Utena, <laughs> because <laughs> I started following the show when it was announced during the um, Utena 20th anniversary celebration, and I kept following it, like, all of the news, like, all of the updates on what was happening with this show, like, I, w I was, like, over the moon when we got those teaser uh, PVs in March of 2018, and then we got the designs for Rayo and Mabu, and I was like, we got boys this time! <laughs> it's remembering the fact that the PVs were so fucking long ago is a little bit of shock. I know. <laughs> I wasn't emotionally prepared to grapple with that reality. Yeah, I remember when the info about Sarah's and Mai was trickling out. You were someone I was following on Twitter who consistently had uh, information about it. So you've been there from the absolute very beginning. Yes. <laughs> I, I was there from the very start. And like, uh, God, it's it was even weird. Like back in October, realizing that the Tsunagaru PVs were a year old. Yeah. The Tsunagaru PVs were very special. Yeah, and they're really good, and I remember like the the collective anticipation and the collective asshole clinching from the entire <laughs> Ikahara fandom over, like, what are we in for? What is this going to be? Especially because the PVs were like so vague. <laughs> Yeah, the PVs were very vague, but then, like, after we got the Mabu one, we finally yeah. got, like, a synopsis for the show, and then it mentioned Kappa's, and more importantly, Shirikodama, so naturally I wondered what a Shirikodama could possibly be, so I googled it, and I was like, oh, we're about to see some fisting, aren't we? You, I guess, went into this with a little more warning than I did, because I did not think to look up what a Shiri Kodama was <laughs> and so I went into the first episode absolutely no idea what I was about to see and well boy did I see <laughs> <laughs> boy did we all same. see same here oh, yeah no one could have possibly anticipated that what I found hilarious about the Shiri Kodamas is the first time I watched it I was like oh this definitely came from Ikuhara's imagination because he's a weirdo <laughs> And but I looked it up one day when I was looking up Kappa for something else, and nope, Shira Kodama are a real thing that are like are attached to the Kappa lore. Yep. <laughs> and the way to the way to prevent a Kappa from taking your Shira Kodama is to fart in their face. <laughs> <laughs> they have an image for it on the Wikipedia page. Oh my yep. god. And I th I think it's like labeled as like defense against a kappa. Yeah, no, it totally is. It totally is. Oh my god. I have not seen this. I'm looking this up right now. Yes. But Kat, what was it about Sarah Zanmai that grabbed you from the very beginning, aside from being an Ikahara project? 
I guess it was like a mixture of it being both an Ikuhara project and it being like more focused on male characters because I'm a bit more versed than other guests on this show in like the BL section of the anime fandom. And mm-hmm. I have been for a long, long time. So the prospect of seeing any gay boys, especially in an Ikuhara show, just got me very excited. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Kappa parentheses folklore page on wikipedia sure enough has a picture of a person farting in the general direction of a kappa and it says defense against kappa repelling with a fart (laughs) (laughs) yep well yeah that's that that was maybe one of the biggest things that stuck out when sarah zamai was being first promoted is finally it's it's boy time it's time for boys <laughs> it's time for boys i th- i think like in an interview i can't remember where i saw it but i think like ikohara it might have been a joke but ikohara said like in response to why boys this time he was like the jokes would be funnier that way <laughs> And they are. I feel like if this show had been made with all girls, as much as I love Yuri's and my, it would not have worked as much, and it would have been it would have been a little weird. It would have been really weird. I mean, it's already really weird with the boys. Yeah. But, but like, at least butts plus boys is like a bit more funny. Yeah, and that's like a thing it, I've found out about like japanese and like chinese humor is that like butts and like sticking things in butts is definitely seen more as just like a a ha-ha comedy thing than it like slapstick comedy thing than it is like a personal invasion of an orifice the way that we see it here yeah, yeah like, like uh it's the naruto thing the concho uh, yeah I, I don't um Hey, I don't Naruto. Um, someone will explain this to me. <laughs> Wait, are, are you being serious? Yeah, no, I have I like only seen like a couple ep- early episodes of Naruto. I know very little about it. <laughs> I did not know that, Pan, and I love that. You do oh. not need to watch Naruto. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, you do not need to watch Naruto. Um, but Kakashi, who is the leader or like the teacher, I know who Kakashi uh, is yeah. like Kakashi from accounting class. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So he will do this thing to like basically catch Naruto out of surprise where like he has his two fingers and he sticks them, he sticks them. And then Naruto <laughs> fly, flies off like in a gust of like surprise. I, yeah. um, I was not aware of this at all. Yep. <laughs> and that what is also it? a thing outside of Naruto. Oh yeah, totally. But like Naruto is like a like clear and prime example of it. Yeah. Well, and I, I have a friend who is a teacher in Hong Kong, and she has told me about like students who will like do something like that to like it's usually among boys, uh, like do that to their fellow students as like a like a funny prank. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I exa- yeah, exactly. Like it. Not okay, but it is the cultural difference. Yeah, I get that there's like just a different idea, and you know, like, okay, that's really all I could say about it is okay. Yeah. So you are in particular a, a Kuji Bro aficionado, <laughs> one might say. Uh, what it, what is it about these two that it that makes them your i assume that you would say uh, either toy or chikai is your favorite character they're both my favorite characters like i can't even rank them above the other at this point do not separate them do not separate them <laughs> do not separate too late Ikuhara. Ikuni. <laughs> how dare you but what is it about them that really is like your shit Oh, God. Ain't that the million dollar question? (laughs) Or like, or I guess the 10,000 yen question. Did they start off as your favorites? Like, is this like a, was this a consistent thing or did it evolve as you watched more episodes? I'm pretty sure it was very consistent. Like, I already really liked Toy from the beginning. Like, even, even like when his 
Tsunagato PV aired, like I was like, uh, this guy is gonna be my favorite. I always end up liking the emo boy. <laughs> he is definitely uh, the edge lord of the three. I mean, he's the edge lord, but he's also the soft boy. He's he's edge lord out on the outside, soft boy on the inside. That's how most edge lords are. <laughs> I was about to say he's very much the Zuko of <laughs> of Sarah's Anmai. Yeah. <laughs> The edgelord on the outside, edgelord on the inside is definitely Chikai. <laughs> yeah. There is not much there's not much hidden about Chikai. He is um he is exactly who he is a hundred percent of the time. What you see is what you get. A big old piece of shit. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> it's hard to answer like why without like getting into my full notes. <laughs> We're pretty free form here since we don't have like an episode to talk about. We could just sort of like go go into your I know that you have notes so we can just cover uh, whatever it is that you want to talk about. I mean, it's barely a bunch of notes. It's more like disorganized thoughts in a <laughs> in a dock. <laughs> but like, yeah, I think I'm just very I have a particular liking to sibling pairings, particularly brother pairings that have like codependency issues like that. Just just something about that. It makes my brain like shut off and like <laughs> completely tunnel vision towards those characters <laughs> compared yeah. to all the other ones. Uh, everybody has a type, especially everybody has a fictional type, whether they want to think they do or not. Oh my god, <laughs> my fictional type is unfortunately Chikai. <laughs> Honestly, like, Kepi is my favorite character, I would say. Uh, my, I guess my top three ranking is probably, like, Kepi, Enta, and then Chikai, because I do love him. He's a shithead. And <laughs> he's, every moment that he, well, not every moment, most moments that he's on screen are just fucking hilarious. Yeah, particularly in episode eight, which is very important to understanding Jakai's character, like, oh, not from yes. the perspective of Toy, because you finally get to see him for what he truly is. And mm -hmm. he is a fucking moron. Yeah, the absolute galaxy brain of Ikuni putting Enta and Chikai together as a team up for an episode is just like, it's so perfect. It's so good. Like, especially because of the, the Enta and Toy parallels. Yeah. And the Kazuki and Chikai parallels. Yeah. 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 <laughs> If anyone has read my live tweet, you know that there are many, 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 many ways in which Chikai and Kazuki parallel each other as stupid older brother characters. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that's one thing interesting about the show in general is that, like, there are so many parallels, like, truly between, like, all the characters. Like, obviously not all the characters. Like, Kazuki's parents, they don't have parallels necessarily. But like yeah. between like Ryo and Mabu and Chikai and Toei and Kazuki and Inta and then also Kazuki and Haruku, like there are just so many levels and parallels of like people trying to connect and just being totally oblivious dumbasses. Yeah. <laughs> Most people in the show are very stupid. <laughs> Kind of a that's kind of an Akuni thing though is like if people would just talk to each other, it would solve all their problems. Though, like I appreciate that Sarazan Mai does that in a way where it makes sense that they wouldn't talk to they wouldn't just talk about it. Yeah, it yeah. would feel unnatural if they did that. Oh, for sure. Well, and there are, there's also like active things happening in their lives to prevent them from talking about it. Like, it's not even just like, I don't want to talk about it because talking about it's uncomfortable. It's like, oh, if I talk about it, this could happen. Like, like something like active could happen or more specifically, something active will happen. 
like in the case of Toy, like he can't talk about the fact that he shot someone to death when he was ten because like that could get either him or his brother arrested. Exactly. This is not necessarily related, but in my rewatch earlier, I had forgotten that the uh the scene where Toy like throws away his soccer ball and his misanga and his he gives his misanga to Kazuki. I forgot that that happened literally right after he shot a dude and they were throwing away the the gun evidence. Yeah. That was oh that that hurt my heart. Yeah. By the way, how fucking scary it is that Toy thought at the age of 10 to like weigh something that like weighs so Ways like similar to the gun and then replace it in the bag. Also, Chikai didn't check the bag before throwing it off the bridge. Because he's a moron. <laughs> because he's an idiot. <laughs> this man does not have a brain. He really doesn't. No. Just, no thoughts, head empty. <laughs> At all times. Did you have any like theories about the way that like the uh, Toy Chikai storyline was going to go as the show was coming out? I mean, for me, like, I I was less, like, I mean, I did make theories, but uh, I was less of a theory person and more, like, looking at novel spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't really read, uh, I haven't really read any of the novels. That's something that we've we've thought about getting to, but have just been too busy to kind of get around to what uh what are some things that we could learn about chikai from the novels well in episode eight like it shows a bit more of his interactions with enta and like enta of all people is more concerned with like disguising chikai than chikai is like chikai's just walking waltzing around the city of asakusa while the cops are after him and he's just like Going into an arcade, going into Don Quixote, like, <laughs> as if it's a regular Saturday afternoon. Meanwhile, Enta is the only one who thinks to grab him a Kappa mask and makes him wear it. And then right after that, for some reason, I don't even know why this happens. It doesn't need a reason, but, like, Chikai, he ends up, like, in the middle of the street, like, handing out uh, cucumbers on sticks to little kids. <laughs> That's adorable. It is kind of adorable. Like, especially when you factor in that Chikai is like massively projecting his image of Babby Toy onto Enta and also every child he comes across. Oh, definitely. God. <laughs> what a disaster of a human being. He really is. <laughs> Um, what are, what are some of the things that you have in your notes? Um, next up that we haven't exactly talked about yet. <laughs> it just says, toy, fuck my feelings, Kooji, and toy, I'm a parasite, Kooji. Please, please explain. So, I, I was looking through my rewatch live tweets, and I came across one of them. It was like, uh, let me scroll up. It's when... Damn. <laughs> it's when he explains that uh, his parents are dead to Enta, and he's like, then my relatives came and took over the shop, and now I'm mooching off of them. And I was like, oh, he sees himself as a parasite on everyone he comes across, doesn't he? Buddy, you're a child. That's what children do. It's not mooching. Yeah, Toy doesn't see it that way. It's very unfortunate. Well, Toy has shot a man, so clearly he's not a child anymore, I guess. <laughs> to, to I'm a toy. big tough adult now. I'm, I'm a big boy now. <laughs> I shot a man to death. Just to watch him die. <laughs> God. Yeah. yeah, I... Toy is so sad, and I just want to give him a hug and some counseling and... Hopefully for the person that he goes to for counseling to not turn him into the police for killing a man. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, he, he did already go to prison. Well, I mean, like mid mid story, not like end of story. Oh, but, okay, okay. But, but yeah, he did. He did go to prison, but like 
God, that was so... Why? Like, I get it, but why was the whole last part of the last episode just a montage of Toei in prison? <laughs> to make me personally sad. Yeah, I, I get that. Can I can I throw in my actual, like, thought about theme and symbolism? Uh, yeah, duh. Yes. So, like, obviously the show is all about connection. Mm-hmm. And so I think that Ikuhara like sent him to Ikuhara sent him to prison um Ikuhara, Ikuhara had, put him in baby jail <laughs> had him go to prison to create a false separation but to show them that even through separation he still has connection with Enta and Kazuki that like yeah. separation like physical separation is not does not destroy connection. Connection is more than just being in the same space as the people we care about. Because that's the thing that Toei really fears most is that physical separation will be a separation of like his connections entirely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's why the whole time he's willing to drop everything to go with Chikai because he thinks as long as he stays with him that his connection will stay intact. That's not really how life works. And I'm going to bring up the real sad fact that I think is the point where, not the exact point, because obviously all the stuff that happens after Chikai dies that Toei has to deal with. But I think that Chikai's death is that first step of Toei realizing that that separation doesn't mean the connection is dead because he then starts to realize that, hey, I'm literally physically separated my, from my brother forever now, but the connection is still there. He still has a love for Chikai. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry for bringing down the room. No, it's okay. No, it's, it's all I right. Mean, this is, I mean, as like lighthearted and slapsticky as this show is, it is intensely emotional. The funny butt anime made me cry. Right? <laughs> like episode 9 alone like completely broke the walls for me oh. being able to cry at media. Like now I now I'm able to cry at like The Brothers Bloom or Takeshi and Hiroshi. <laughs> it's just such a simple little game, but it made me cry because it's so adorable. I am so sad that I missed the showing of The Brothers Bloom because the moment that you guys mentioned that that it was like a Coogee Bro movie, I was like duh of course it's a kuji bro movie and it's one of like my favorite movies i love it so much and just the like this extra facet of appreciation of it was like it totally blew my mind god it's so kuji bros <laughs> it's so good uh, annie have you ever seen the brothers bloom i have not and for the first part of this conversation i thought every time you guys said the brothers bloom in my head i was picturing the sisters brothers <laughs> Which is also a very Coogee Bro Brothers movie. <laughs> the Brothers Bloom is a um, it's a Coen Brothers movie, isn't it? Uh, it's it's directed by Ryan Johnson. Oh, maybe oh, that's really? what I'm thinking of. Yeah, and it's got um, pre Marvel. What's his name? Why can I not think of Mark it? Ruffalo. Yeah, Mark Ruffalo. It's got pre-Marvel Mark Ruffalo and Adrian Brody. And I was going to ask if this was the Adrian Brody movie. It yes. is. And he is toy in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which means Mark Ruffalo is Shakai? He yes. is. And honestly, if you watch it, he is like he is. 100%. He absolutely is. I'm not gonna, I don't want to spoil this movie uh, for Annie because I do want her to watch it. But the part about blood turning brown, real blood turning brown, God, just kill me. (laughs) It's so much and it hurts. Why does it hurt so much? Burn me at the stake. So Chikai keeps telling Toy that like they're gonna run away together. They're gonna run away together. Why do you, like why do you think that this keeps getting put off? Aside from like I guess the obvious that <laughs> it's dangerous because Toy is a baby. Yeah, hmm. that's a good question because like my first answer would have been like. On some, at, on at least some level, Chikai wants Toy out of this life. He wants Toy to be like a normal kid and like have you know 
hobbies and friends. And aside from teaching him how to waterboard a man. Aside from letting him deal weed. God, okay, quick sidebar. The moment when in it's in episode two where they show the weed, when that scene happened for the first time, it was such like it was such whiplash because I had very recently learned after the like right before then about like how severe the weed laws are in Japan. And so to see Ikohara just be like, room full of weed, baby, like <laughs> was it absolutely insane. And it's very funny. And I yeah. I crack up at it every time I see it. Yeah. <laughs> but back to Chikai and Toy. Uh, yeah, I, I I definitely agree because even though Chikai seems to be very at peace with the life that he lives uh, to the point that he kind of even enjoys the life that he lives, there is a certain level at which he realizes that it is not good, that it is yeah. not a good way to live. And he wants better for his little brother, even if his little brother adamantly refuses to do better. Yeah, like it, it's even more pronounced in the drama CDs where it's like, if you want to take it as canon, then sure it's canon. But like during like the during the audio drama where Toy makes Chikai let him do scam calls. What? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing that happens in the drama CD. Chikai's like, I'm not letting you do it. You're still a kid. You should just all you should be worried about is like school and making friends and shitting and sleeping. And then Toy like rebuts him with, if you don't let me do it, I'll cover your candy and wasabi. And <laughs> that's all it took? And that's all it took. Just go buy more candy. He eats a lot <laughs> of grape lollipops. Yeah. He eats a lot of them. What, what, what kind of scam calls were these? The ones Toy was making were, like, uh, just him, like, getting on the line with someone and going, like, hey, it's me, I need money, like, right now, and, like, not explaining. I think it's, like, the oldest trick in the book, <laughs> so, like, of course Toy would do it, but um, the first person he called was Sara, and she immediately, like, mistook him for her manager, <laughs> and she was asking for days off. That's really funny. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> And like uh she started she started ranting about like I wanna see my prince every day. I wanna say good morning to him and eat cucumbers with him and toys like yeah, I, I kinda get what you I kinda get what you feel in here. <laughs> oh toy. Oh toy. I also find it so funny picturing him doing prank calls. Oh, not prank calls, <laughs> scam calls. Those are those are two very different things. Scam calls. Because like Despite, like, all the other crime that, like, I can see him doing. Like, I can see him waterboarding a person. But I, but I can't see him doing a scam call. Because I feel like he doesn't have enough, like, charisma to, yeah. like, do a scam call. Because, like, I feel like with a scam call, you have to, like... It's basically, like, being a con man. Like, you have to, like... It's acting. And I don't yeah. think Toei would be a good actor. I think he'd be really bad at it. Toy does not do a very good job, especially when he ends up calling uh Rayo and Mabu. And like <gasps> Yeah. And like he, and he's like, um and they mention the police station and he's like, police station, uh, you mean uh your cops? And it does like the dramatic musical sting. <laughs> oh and God. then Toy's just like Oh fuck! And he hangs up the phone, and Chikai's like, "Uh, it's not that I don't trust you or anything, but did you just call the police on us?" God, wait! Did the in the drama CDs is it like the anime VAs doing the voices? Yes. Oh my god! Yes, it's the anime VAs. <laughs> That's so good. It's so good. I I die for Tsudaken. Yeah, I actually I when I watched it the when I rewatched the show in preparation for this episode, I actually I went and watched the dub because it was just easier to uh to blow through than it would be to watch the subs again. And mm -hmm. I I feel like I've kind of come around on the dub voices. I wasn't too hot on them to begin with, especially like Haruka's dub voice actor. Yeah. But like I've I've kind of softened on them. I think they're. I think it's all right. Even the uh, the utterly sexy song, you know, it's fine. It's fine for this show. 
Like it, it's definitely silly enough that I feel like it pulls it off. Exactly. Cause like, like while the, like the dance and song, like in the sub anime, like while it is not like outrightly silly, it's also super silly. It's so silly. I think cha- using the phrase "otterly sexy" kind of puts the English dub over over the <laughs> next level of silliness. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It jumped the shark with that one. I know there's so many otter puns, but like that one is just like Jesus Christ, guys. It's <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's the top <laughs> the top cheese. Clint Binkum, was that your fault? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I also found out that I think Enta's voice actor is Deku in My Hero Academia. Yes! <laughs> yes! Oh, really? Yeah, the English dub voice actor. My wife walked in while I was watching some of it and was like, why do why do I recognize that voice? Who does who does Enta's voice? And I'm like, oh. So I looked it up and I was like, oh, yep, that's, that's Deku, all right. Yep. I feel like this is just a personal opinion of mine, but I feel like the fact that Chikai looks like Seiya from Sailor Moon is a microaggression against me, personally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, what did I do to deserve this? Especially in the manga, like, goddamn, Miki. I have seen some. I've seen some art and some fan art where at first I thought I was about to be looking at some Sailor Moon art, and nope, no, it is not. Oh my god. <laughs> personally handing you the L on that one. Yeah, basically. <laughs> That's your own dang fault. <laughs> it is. It really is. Um, I guess, like, speaking of the English dub, so there is, like, an entire sub-fandom in the Sun is on my fandom just dedicated to the QGs. And yeah. in the Japanese section of this fandom, they found out I'm pretty sure it started with, like, one person finding out that in the English dub, little babby, ten-year-old toy, is voiced by a woman. And they were like, wait, what? I gotta hear this. And so they bought the Blu-ray. <laughs> and then that snowball affected into all of them buying the English dub Blu-ray. <laughs> That's really funny. I had not really considered that the Japanese fandom might develop any sort of attachment to the English dub voices. Yeah, like, there's that. And also the fact that in the dub, Toy calls Chikai by his name, and they were like, oh my god! Oh, yeah, because, like, we don't have an English equivalent for Nissan. Yeah, we don't really, like, say brother. Yeah, sometimes it gets translated as, like, bro, and that still a lot of times is very awkward and definitely would have been really awkward coming from toy to <laughs> yeah. yeah it it got translated like that in the seven seas translation speaking of the japanese fandom you you know some ja- you know quite a bit of japanese uh as far as i can tell so you have been sort of uh a little more clued into the the Japanese fandom side of Sarah's and my fandom. Like, what is what is that like? How do what is there anything interesting that you can report from uh the the Japanese Sarah's and my fandom? Well, it's mostly like that that incident with the English dub, but like um just like taking things and and running with it, like things really easily become memes. Like, it's like that in English fandom, too, but it's interesting, like, also seeing it in Japanese fandom and seeing how, like, how different both sides of the fandom are. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any examples of these, uh, these memes? So, in the, in the manga adaptation of Sarazanmai, in chapter four, there is an extra line Chikai is given when he leaves Asakusa on the water bus. He tells Toy that he'll come back for him. And the Japanese fandom went absolutely ballistic over it. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, like within 24 hours, it was all over fan art. Someone like pasted it on a shirt. I'm pretty sure it wasn't like available for, for purchase, but immediately jokes were also made of that, like toy wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like something as small as like an added line or like just some added context in the manga adaptation 
it just like immediately explodes out of proportion. How do you do you like the the manga adaptation of Sarah Zamai? I love it. Like I knew I was gonna really love it when I got the manga anthology and I saw like the extra context Miki sort of adds to everything. And I just yeah. like and I just really like her art in general, but the fact that she's adding like extra scenes and like extra lines of dialogue and again, extra context to everything that's being shown to us, it really makes it stand out as like being separate from the anime and I really like that. Uh normally Ikuhara shows that also have manga are not very close to each other in terms of like the way that the the plot goes and stuff because a lot of times i mean you know you're you're an ikuni (laughs) fandom most of these things are uh the mangaka is given like a like a summary of the plot points and then they get to do their take and then ikuni does his uh is would you say that that is or is not the case for the sarazamai manga I don't think that's the case for the Sarazan my manga because, it, like, as early as chapter one, it takes like uh, shots directly from the anime. Um, yeah, and in the case of the Penguin Drum manga, it was drawn like a couple years after the anime finished up, so it's more so it's more like a summary of the anime. Like, it kind of feels like a cramped version of the anime, but <laughs> kind of like the Utena movie. <laughs> Yeah, but <laughs> but with less cars. <laughs> so, um, was the manga was it made like after the anime was over, or was it like happening at the like same time? I'm or pretty sure. Know? I'm pretty sure the the Sadas on my manga started like I think like during its airing, or like just barely after. Okay. I can't really remember. It might have been like May of 2019, so like during. Because I remember it came out after, uh, like, or I remember like seeing more of it after the show was finished. Yeah, and also the chapters take a really long time to produce. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, I've seen some of the art in the manga, and it's really good. So I imagine it took a while. Yeah, and she does everything traditionally. Hell yeah. I don't know very very much about the the manga artist except uh having seen some of the art in the the manga. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like most of us only know, only know Miki through Sadazanmai, but like her art is just really gorgeous and watercolor and pretty. <laughs> yeah. Like that that one page of it was like the parallel in the scene of the anime where uh, Toy and Kazuki are like, something's calling me, but instead it looks like super shoujo-y and there's like petals and it's just like very gorgeous and very gay. <laughs> I love it. Oh yeah, Kaz-toy, Kaz-toy real. <laughs> I mean, Kaz and Toy real, but like, Kaz-toy real. <laughs> Kaz-toy real. <laughs> They're good boys. They're good boys. I believe in fate, but only in the context of Kaz Toy. <laughs> oh my god, they met when they were children. Oh my god, they met when they were children. <laughs> Every time he gets me. Every time. <laughs> it happened in Yuri Kuma. It happened in Penguin Drum. Oh yeah, it did happen in Penguin Drum. I've only seen I haven't seen all of Penguin Drum yet, and we are definitely not there in the podcast yet, but I'll uh I intend to finish it probably before we end up doing it for the podcast. Yes. I like I like Penguin Drum as far as I've seen, especially because all of the the sequences with like the train station and the trains and stuff reminds me of like us hopping around uh Tokyo when I was over there. Oh, nice. <laughs> Would you say that Sarah Zamai is your favorite Ikuni property? I mean, it's hard to, like, say, but right now yeah. it is. <laughs> right now it's, like, my favorite show. The Kappa Fever never dies. It never dies. Like, even, like, a an entire year later, I'm still obsessed with it. Yeah, one of the reasons that uh, we wanted to do some more episodes of Kappa Connection is because uh, it had been, we started talking about this when it had been a year since Sarah Zamai ended, and I really love how robust the fandom still seems to be, even a year later. Yeah, I mean, it's only like 12 people, but... 
It's a very active 12 people. Yeah, like, with a lot of stuff, like, trends kind of come and go, but, like, it's this is a very a very good and very special series and so i'm really happy that there are people that are still like fucking bananas over it yeah trends come and go kappa butts are forever it's true <laughs> and i think part of that is like a lot of like basically all of ikohara stuff is that he puts so much stuff into the show that it's that his shows are things that you can go back and rewatch over and over again and still find like new interesting takes and details on everything. Yes. Is there anything that you have noticed more on rewatches that you didn't notice the first time? Oh yeah, there's plenty of stuff. Like uh <laughs> like for example, Chikai's death. I originally rewatched that when I was like chopping up the clips for that hide and seek AMV I made. <laughs> And it made me analyze that scene frame by frame. And like, as much as it was torture, I also learned quite a bit about filmmaking. So. What are some insights that this brought you? Um, damn. <laughs> That's a hard question. Head, head empty, only Shikai. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No thoughts, head empty, only Shikai, only Aniki, only chikai being an absolute shithead <laughs> oh i did notice chikai freaking smiling and like chuckling as he was freaking dying and toy was running towards him and i'm like oh that's so cruel why would you do no. that even? You fucking bastard Ugh. you asshole <laughs> and like chikai tr- like pulling out all the stops like trying to make toy go away mm-hmm god fuck this <laughs> fuck anime actually anime is bad actually <laughs> i also really love how chikai's motto is literally you only live once <laughs> yolo and he did <laughs> he, he, he followed through only bad guys survive in this world dies anyway yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is that's that's his catchphrase? Is only bad guys survive in this world. <laughs> yeah. he says it five times. I love the people who are like, "Well, he died, so maybe he wasn't such a bad guy after all." And it's like the pr- the thing about Jakai is that everything that comes out of his mouth is absolute bullshit. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So him, so him dying and being a dog shit human being, like that's the point. <laughs> yeah, and like even as much as Toei loves chikai like i think seeing chikai die toy's like oh damn he was wrong bad guys do die yeah (laughs) like i truly do think that like as much as like toy loves chikai and like looks up to chikai and waterboards someone for chikai that he recognizes that like chikai is not a good person yeah he like outright says it like right before the end credits scene he's like i don't care if like you're the worst of the worst like i still love you and it's it just tears me up inside god damn it i love to cry i hate hate anime actually (laughs) kuni why must you be this way i fucking hate chikai Uh, do you have any other points that you wanted to bring up? Mm. I just want to make sure that we don't miss anything. Can't really think of anything. <laughs> Head empty, That's no okay. thoughts, only coogies. <laughs> uh, you you made a very good shirt design that I feel like <laughs> does need to be mentioned in this podcast. Would you like to tell the listeners about the very good t-shirt that you made? Yes, <laughs> let me let me pull it up real quick. <laughs> Oh, fuck. It's on my Tumblr. I put it in my Sada's on my tag. (laughs) There's so much clicking. I was gonna say, I I assume that the Sarah's and my tag is very robust. It is very robust. I found it. So there is this, like, sort of meme image that goes around online. I'm pretty sure it's, like, a Chinese bootleg shirt or something. And, like... Almost definitely. I mean, definitely, but like, uh, the most notable thing about it is that it says, Born to Die, World is a Fuck. 
and I redrew that with the Coogees, and I have it available on my Redbubble account. It's the only design that's available on my Redbubble account, <laughs> and you can <laughs> buy it and wear it as a shirt. And you should, listeners. And you should. Very cute. It features a, a little drawing that you did of Kooji Bros, and it's very cute. Yes. <laughs> I love the way that you draw them. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, Annie, do you have any closing thoughts about Kooji Bros? I do. And it's going to be a very me statement, and you're going to laugh about this being a very me statement. I'm ready. So, for all of the listeners, there's a song by the band The Mountains <laughs> called <laughs> The Diaz Brothers. And Ever since Panda told me what the theme of this episode was going to be, I've just been singing that song in my head, but replacing Diaz with Kooji. So, <laughs> which, like, the chorus of the song is Mercy for the Coo- Mercy for the Diaz Brothers, Mercy for the Kooji Brothers. Mercy for the Kooji Brothers. Which is apt, and also all the other lyrics for that song are totally about the Kooji Brothers. And I hate it. <laughs> there you go, everybody. You can add that to your Kooji Bros eight tracks playlist does anybody use eight tracks anymore i i've been trying to use eight tracks they tried to make it a paid service and everyone left yeah (laughs) Yeah. no one likes that because the only reason we were using it is because it was free eight tracks yes now everyone makes spotify and youtube playlists yeah, that's what I did. I took uh, like two of my favorite eight tracks playlists that I had made and just converted them to Spotify playlists. Yep. Well, Kat, do you have any closing Coogee Bro thoughts? Oh, God. <laughs> I just feel really bad for these brothers. They're... I was going to say they're good boys. Um, there's one <laughs> good boy. There's well, one good one is a good boy. One very much squandered his chance of being a good person. Yeah. Just it's, in general. It's really sad to see, like, flashback Chikai and see him being, like, a happy, normal person. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, like at the uh, during the flashback sequence. Oh, uh, I recently did a translation of a, of one of, a part of a, uh, a part of an interview that Nobuyuki Takeuchi did in a in a, an issue of Pash, yeah. and he talks about that scene. Um, I have it right here. He says, to convey Toy's desperation after losing his brother, I asked director Ikuhara if I could extend the, se- the final scene with a flashback. And then he goes into detail about like it being uh, an homage to The Godfather Part 3, the music in that scene, and also there's a visual homage to... Uh, the Ken and Mary advertising campaign for the Nissan Skyline C110 from 1972. Excuse me? Which is very specific. <laughs> but <laughs> but if you watch those commercials, they are like frame by frame. Exactly like the shots of the Kooji Bros in the flashbacks. Fucking Ikahara gonna... really goes for like the, the deep cuts. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a popular, like, ad campaign at the time, but of course you would choose something from the 70s. I'm going to have to watch this ad. Yeah, I mean, I can link it later. Yeah, you should uh, put it in our uh, in our little Twitter group chat, and then I will try to remember to post it along with this episode when it goes up. Yeah, I actually, like, uh, I actually, like, pointed out some of the screenshots and the in my rewatch live tweet, I literally just sent them in the in the Discord chat. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so you can look at those right now. Oh yeah. And see how exact they are. Oh my gosh. Yes. It is, it is exact. And <laughs> them playing uncanny. the flute. Them playing the flute. The commercial was titled, and I am not making this up, the skyline of love. Oh, 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 how it hurts. Yeah, I I also love how you said that Shikai looks like a happy person, but he just looks exhausted the entire time he's he's at the festival with Toy. Well, in some of the younger shots, he, when you see him, he kind of looks happier. But yeah, he, as an, as an adult, he mostly just always looks exhausted. Yeah, it's like, uh... At the time, he was, like, kind of annoyed, like, holding Toy on his shoulders. <laughs> but, like, 
when he's looking back on that as an adult, he's like, oh yeah, those were like some of the happiest moments in my entire life. You don't know what you got till it's gone. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Toy! <laughs> Alright, well this has been heart-wrenching and delightful. <laughs> so thank you, Kat, for coming on the show. Listeners, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at UtanaCast because we are uh, at our hearts still an Utena podcast and if you would like to follow me on Twitter you can do that at Impandanata. Annie where can people find you online should you wish to be found? They cannot find me I am unknowable Okay, <laughs> Kat where can people find you on the internet? Um, You can find me at my main Twitter at it's Kyato at I-T-S-K-Y-A-T-T-O and I also have a live tweet Twitter if you want to like look at Mostly my rewatch live tweets rather than the originals, but uh, I've been live tweeting my rewatch of Sada's on my, and I've been like doing it a bit more analytically. So that is at Let's Kato L E T S underscore K Y A T T O, um, and I also have a Tumblr, and <laughs> I recently made a Tumblr specifically for Sada's on my called Kato's on my. K Y A T T O Zanmai. <laughs> uh, don't you have an art Twitter? Oh yeah, I also have an art Twitter that I keep forgetting about. <laughs> uh, it's Kurosu Cat K U R O S U C A T. Excellent. So, yeah, <laughs> that's a thing. Everyone, go follow Cat's art account because their art is very cute. Yeah, don't follow Not my main. Either. It's garbage. <laughs> I mean, I disagree as a follower of your main Twitter account. But, I mean, if uh, you want to see, like, a bunch of, like, retweet spam, then go ahead and, like, I the occasional shit post. I always know when it's a Sarah Zambide tweet, it's either you or Megan. <laughs> <laughs> or if it's, like, Coogee Bros fan art on main. Oh, definitely. 100%. <laughs> it's 100% me. 100% cat, 100% of the time. I am a fiend who can never be stopped. Alright, normally we do, uh... The Sarah's Am I thing at the end of the episode, but I'm just gonna say fuck it. It's late and I'm <laughs> so and for everyone, go connect with your Kappas. Have a good one. <laughs> good night, everybody. Bye.